Welcome to the Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I am Jim. I'm Pat. And we are a podcast dedicated to the outdoors for the states of Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. If your state borders Lake Michigan, this podcast is for you. We cover anything outdoors, especially hunting, fishing, mountain biking, conservation, any issues you got concerning the outdoors. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome and enjoy the show. So did you like our new intro? I, I really liked it, man. You whipped that up in no time. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad. So now we, we just have a, a steady intro instead of something different every week. Yeah, uh, that was neat. You guys should see him. He's like a wizard with that software. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So anyway, tell me about your week. Anything, uh, you were in training and you worked some overtime, anything exciting relating to the outdoors? No. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to take up squirrel hunting for a completely different reason than everybody else does what's the reason uh they chew up my cars oh i gotcha oh so, yeah explain that tell everybody what happened there um so my it's not a brand new car it's two years old now but uh hopped in it the other day and it said that the one sensor on the front for a collision whatever is uh not working something okay you know it's just blocked or something like that no i get to work pull it in the shop Tell my boss I've got like an emergency kind of thing and uh, pull the thing down. There's the whole wiring harness fell in my lap, like a little six inch piece of wiring harness. Those little shits cut six inches of crap off and it's all very small wires. They just like, like you cut it with the scissors. They do that. They like to get in and eat wiring. That's for sure. Uh, you know, especially when they make a nest under a hood of a car that hasn't moved in a while, you know, that's a, that's an, a real issue, especially if you live in a country, you live by that field. So I live by that field. And then like the one tree in my backyard is like squirrel Mecca. They've got a giant nest up there. They've been living up there for 35 generations. That's a big tree. That's a big, big tree. But, uh, so you want to hear about, should I, should I go into my horror story for, uh, Shabanaugh yesterday? Yeah, go for it. So that anybody made me feel better about my day. Uh, I, so yesterday I was going to Lake Shabanaugh. I had this whole plan set up to go ice fishing. Got to land some walleye. I went to Bushlight Billy's spot, and I, got, I was the first one there. There was no snow on there, so it was kind of a, a walk, you know. I get all the way across the lake, and I drill my first hole. Oh, you know what? Let me back up. When I first got in the parking lot, it was dark out, so I go to grab my headlight. And I left it in the garage. So I didn't have my headlight. So I'm doing this in pitch black. All Been this in pitch black. And okay, whatever. I dealt with it. So I got across the lake. I drilled my first hole. And I have I, I don't I don't like all the slush next to the hole. So what I do is I drill the hole. And I, with the side of my foot, I kind of shove it all off to the side. Like I said, there was no snow on, on the lake. I shove it all off to the side. Both my feet went up on side of me. Bam! My elbow went into the hole. I had a soaked sleeve, soaked gloves, and a sore elbow and a sore wrist. That started the day. That was the first 10 minutes of my day right and there. And the temp wasn't too pretty in the morning. I, I think when I was on my way to work, it was like 11 degrees or something. It was like cold. That. It was colder than I thought. Like, I'm walking out there. You don't want to, like, bite your cheekbones. Yeah. It's like, ooh, it's cold out here. But, um, and your lips don't work as well. So, anyway, so I brought all my homework assignment for the podcast with. So, I was going to drop a few lines, had a tip up out, and I'm going to sit in a nice warm shanty, and I'm going to get all my homework done. So, I start up the heater, and I could not keep it lit. I could not. I was thinking maybe it's just too drafty in here. All of a sudden, I realized I'm out of propane. So now I don't have that. And then, uh, so I'm jigging the one hole. As I, I, st- I put up with it. I'm jigging the one hole for like an hour or two, probably like two hours. All of a sudden, I snag and I lose my, my spoon. I, my whole setup was down there. Wow. I, I jigged the same spot, and then all of a sudden, I lost that. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of other people showed up. There was all of a sudden 25 to 30 shanties out there. Really? Yeah. That's insane. The most insane thing was, so I left the windows all closed in there. And uh, I heard people walking out. But without looking, if you said, hey, how many people do you think are out there? How many shanties are out there? I'd say three to five shanties. That's all I heard walk out there. And it's loud. There's no snow. So it's not like a slide and everything's grinding. That was some sort of, that was a miracle there phenomenon i should say and so yeah i open it up and all of a sudden i'm surrounded in shanty town and it's like whoa so do you got like a window or are you completely dark in there both i i like it dark in there because i like to be able to see down in the hole i didn't catch a thing but i did find a rod and reel frozen into the ice from however long ago yeah could have so, could, couldn't have been from you know somebody i was the first months. i was the first one out there i'm drilling my holes and i see something in the ice i'm like what is that i go over there it's like half frozen into the hole i had to break the ice around it to get it out yeah, it's a nice little. So you think somebody reel. forgot it or just said screw it? Probably. No, the line was still in the water. 
Oh, like wow. they were fishing. So somebody probably had a bunch of setups and uh, forgot about it. Yeah. And then I was showing dad that today when we were out fishing. I got a little perch today, by the way. Um, I was showing dad out there fishing. And guess what? I drop it. It goes right in the hole. What? The yep. whole setup? The, the setup I found in the on the lake. So right. you dropped it though. I, I was showing dad and it slipped out of my hands and went right down in the hole. No I, shit. I happened to catch the rod tip right as it did that. Almost went in. I still have it. Oh, okay. So you did get it back. But I dude, it went right in the hole. Wow. Me and Dad were like, "Oh my God!" We we're looking at it. like, "What were the chances?" That I have a four-inch auger. What are the chances of it falling? It went right in there. And wow. I got down real quick and caught it. Yeah, you've only got a four-inch auger. That's all I got. Yeah, four-inch auger. Wow. So what? What if you catch like a big fish? Uh, either I'm gonna be drilling, uh, trying to get a hole drilled on the side of it, or spudding a hole out. You know, one or the other. We so you got bigger... a spud with you then? Yeah, yeah. I got one of Dad's spuds. In fact, I got the pieces to make one of my son. He he made all the pieces for me. So. I do have that coming. You see a lot of people out there with hatchets just hacking away at the ice. I don't see that anymore. I, everyone's got a power dogger. I'm like one of the only guys out there with a hand dogger. You know, power dogger, in my opinion, like I, they got to be nice. I'm not saying that they're not nice at all, but at the same time, you got to store that thing year around and then you got to haul it out there. Well, the one thing is they're making them now for drills. You know, they're making the attachments so you can put on your Milwaukee drill. I, I watched a review today. The one dude, that Jay Siemens guy I watch all the time, he did a review on the one that Eskimo came out with with a Milwaukee uh m18 or whatever battery it is he drilled 36 holes with that on a fresh battery 36 and holes how, how big were they eight inch wow yeah yeah wow. so i if if ice fishing something i'm gonna still pursue going for going past this year i'm probably gonna buy one of those i figured if worst comes to worst i'll throw the hand drill in there i even thought about making one out of my hand drill so i can still have it so you can turn it by hand well, you've got me inspired enough where I think I'm going to start. I think I'm going to go give this a shot. Me and Dad might be heading out back to Shabana next weekend. I probably will if you're interested in joining me. So we can make a thing of it. You know, it'd be fun. I don't think I got anything going next weekend. That's a good idea. I got plenty of setups. You don't have to bring anything but warm clothes. It's the only thing in a fishing license. That's I'm going back tonight, though. So, so me waking up really is a far cry these days. So um, Yeah, I mean, if, if I knew I had people on board, we would probably make it a mid-morning thing, go out there, spend the afternoon, and then, you know, come back and record a podcast. Huh. But yeah, so... Uh, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm getting ready for our discussion topic, which is sulfide mining today, but we got to get into the news first, don't we? And real quick, real quick, going back to the headlight thing, you know how you said you forgot your headlight? Yeah. I did that one time when me and you went hunting, and I also forgot my release, and I was too embarrassed to tell you. So what'd you do? We went up in the tree, just... I, I Just to watch? I actually practiced pinching the D-loop with my fingers, and I'm very confident it would have worked. You got to like pull it back with your regular hand and then pinch it with your fingers. Yeah. I don't know. I can't believe you forgot both of those. I would be embarrassed too. I would have, I would have been so mad at you if you told me that the two things that make everything work, you yep. know? Anyway, let's get in the news. Uh, I, I'll go first just cause I just pulled it up. I see her and, uh, I kind of read these the other day, so I gotta, I gotta kind of remember how these went. So, but uh, this is from St. Croix360.com. By the way, last week we did not state our sources. Any of us, nobody did. We did not stay there. Well, I, I thought that's because you put them on the website. I Yeah, I did, but it's still nice to give credit where credit is due. But Wisconsin DNR, learn how to reduce salt use this winter. The Wisconsin DNR and Wisconsin SaltWise invite the public to learn more about the impacts of road salt on the state's drinking water, pets, and freshwater ecosystems. Wisconsin Salt Awareness Week speakers include Bailey Wilmoth, Katie Cassidy, Ken Bradbury. There's a bunch of them. I'm not even going to go through this. The impacts of too much salt. While salt keeps Wisconsin roads safe during the winter, using more salt than needed comes at a price. In Wisconsin and much of the U.S., chlorides from the salt are infiltrating lakes, streams, and groundwater. According to Wisconsin SaltWise, one, tea, one, tea, teaspoon, one teaspoon of salt is all it takes to make five gallons of water toxic for freshwater organisms. Hmm, that is, that's not a lot of salt, is it? Well, you know what? It- Kind of makes me mad is like, how much salt do we spread on the road? Like, what are the percentages? I guarantee you it's less than a hundredth of a percent table salt versus road salt. Wait, let me keep getting in this. The DNR measures chloride levels in Wisconsin rivers over time, monitoring cumulative chloride loading results at 26 of the state's largest river systems. Recent studies have shown a steep increase in chloride loads. In the early 2000s, the DNR measured about 600,000 tons of chlorides annually. By 2018, that was 800,000 tons per year. Over 40 lakes and streams in Wisconsin have been designated as impaired by halt, high salt co- concentrations. Wow, I'm having a hard time reading. Left to right, top to bottom, you know. 
These increased chloride loads are partly due to road salting, but chlorides also enter Wisconsin waters because of water softeners and fertilizers. Oh, water so, softeners. Yeah, so this keeps going into just salt use and uh, how it spreads and how it actually can be toxic. So, yeah, there wasn't much going on in Wisconsin, as you can tell, so I went with that. You know, I've always wondered that. They spread the salt. Obviously, it's got to go somewhere. Um, I do see, look, there's this one spot on my way home from work where in the early spring there's deer out licking the they're, – they're licking the grass. They're oh, not they love it. or anything. But that's all because of the salt, man. So what do you got for us? Which state are you going with? All right. Right now I'm going to go with Michigan. Um, Again, this is a pretty light news week, but I do have a pretty awesome stocking report um, that Michigan did in the fall, and they announced the numbers of it. So eight different species, 672,478 fish weighing in at nearly 13.5 tons. Man, that's a lot of fish. Think about the fillets you can get off of that if you just backed your truck into your kitchen. But anyway – um, there are eight species. So it is brook trout, brown trout, channel catfish, coho salmon, lake trout, eagle lake, and steelhead uh, strain rainbow trout, walleye, and what do you think the last one is, Jim? Mm, I don't know. Musky. I was going to say musky, but I was like, nah, that ain't it. So um, that's the gist of that. They break down all of like where they stocked it. There's 123 locations that they did it, but uh, – do you remember that Indiana article with how, like when they stocked in Lake Michigan? Oh, um, yeah. So this is all like inland, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, they're not stocking brown trout in, in an inland lake. So it's got to be, you know, Lake Michigan-related stuff. No, they would they would stock brown trout. Uh, this is for Michigan, you said? Yeah. What, what about coho salmon? Do, would they so, stock that? So uh, right coho, no, you'd probably have to go. But brook trout, you said brook trout? I said brook trout and so brown trout. So brook trout, you just need – they have they have plenty of rivers in uh, Michigan that can hold those. I Clear. Thought, Clear cold streams. I thought brown trout were a deeper fish. No? Uh, th- no, those can survive in streams. The rainbow trout and the st- or steelhead, I should say. The steelhead are the ones that you got to have great lakes for. They migrate out in there to live, and they come back up to spawn, yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, I but, guess all of them do. But all know. through the mountains, you get on the eastern side of the continental divide of the Rockies, that's what you're catching are those little trout like that. So, no, Michigan has plenty of, plenty of rivers for that to sustain those. Now, I'm sure this is a run-of-the-mill stocking, but the numbers will – they're kind of mind-boggling. You think of 5,000 fish, you know. I think they need to stock more muskie everywhere, in my opinion, try and take down the pike. It all depends. I mean, if you're trying to create a trout water, you don't want to put muskie in there. It'll mulch them things up. They'll be yeah. gone, you know, and especially trout are expensive. That's true. I mean, a level, you know, a level playing field for all, I guess. But, uh, you know, the world's got a real bad pike problem right now. Now, to me, it ain't a problem. I love northern pike. Yeah, I but say, I don't think we have enough of them around here. Uh, like in the lakes that we go up to up north, it's it's actually a problem for them. Well, they have incentives. You know, you can get a reward and you be entered to this if you if you catch a pike and kill it, that they'll uh, reward you for it. But I get, but see, that's the thing is those are musky waters, and pike definitely screw up musky waters. I'm happy with pike. I'm fine. I would catch a 40 inch pike. Just I'd be just as happy about that as a 40 inch musky. And so I got that off the Department of Natural Resources website for Michigan. Um, haven't used them in a while, so I thought I'd uh, go try and dig something up from there. You know. And all this will be available on the website, right? All so you can actually you can actually read the number. Are there numbers on there that they're talking? Oh, million! Like I, if I were to go read this, you would get bored. Like you were at a power instantly. Yeah, right. So, so that's it from Michigan. Yeah. So Illinois, this is uh, DailyJournal.com. Uh, could former prison site be state park expansion? Wilmington, the former site of the women's detention center, has remained unused for nearly two decades, but there's still hope that it'll change. Senator Patrick Joyce is looking into options for the property on Illinois Route 102 at the Kankakee River, I'm sorry, Kankakee County, Will County line. It is surrounded by Chippewa Campgrounds and the Kankakee River State Park. One of the possibilities is to see the land become part of the park. Last summer, Joyce said he took Illinois Department of Natural Resources Director Colleen Callahan on a tour of Mazonia Lakes. I asked the director if I could take her on a side trip, Joyce recalled, adding that Work was taking place on the waterline to the Chippewa campgrounds at the time. The property has been used for some storage, and the buildings are in poor shape. In October 2018, two vacant buildings were destroyed in a fire. Gee, I wonder how that happened. The Daily Journal has sought comment from the DNR and Illinois Department of Corrections on a proposed new usage. Jeff Bonney is a reporter for the Daily Journal. He can be reached, and his email's on there, phone number's on there. But so, yeah, so it sounds like they're actually going to try and use this old uh, detention center into new state ground which would be good so how far did you have to dig for that because like i don't get many stories like that uh so i have so many different stages i go with the i go with the bulk ones you know your dnr and then i start getting more specific keywords and i find stuff so 
Um, that could have, that could have, yeah, that could have came under a bunch of different keywords I use. There's, a, for some reason, I don't, it's just kind of that off season. I mean, all there's really to talk about is ice fishing, maybe rabbit hunting if you want to talk about it. it but really there's not is. a whole lot going on right now for like breaking news of things that are happening out there. They're more like legislation based articles, like, uh, you know, they're going to allow X amount for, you know, a state park or whatever. Everyone's just kind of buttoned down for the winter and there's not a whole lot to really talk about. So nothing so, crazy. I've kind of got two because, again, like we were just talking about, Indiana is dry. But uh, Indiana has now posted its park passes and lake permits. Now, for a lot of people, this is a huge I saw this. problem. I saw this. Uh, getting, like, park passes. Like, so if you go, you can actually get your stuff now before, you know, like, for a campsite or whatever. They sell out pretty quick. And I'm not saying that you can go rent a campsite on here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that if you get a state park pass, it's easier to get a campsite. Something to do with that. But, uh, but yeah, they're on sale now. That's my small little article. And then I really dug deep here, Jim. I really dug deep. I found a turkey spring harvest report and a prediction, not only for Indiana, but for all 50 states. Oh, there's enough people that would be interested in a prediction, that's for sure. So out of our four states that we normally cover, case, of course, we're doing some Minnesota stuff today, which I got no problem with. But – what do you think was the state with the lowest turkey count? I have no idea. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to guess at that. My guess would be like public land available, but it will surprise you because it's Indiana. Indiana only had 12,320. Their population is 130,000 to 140,000. Now, what do you think was the state with the most? Mm, I'm going to have to say Michigan or Wisconsin. Well, yeah. I mean, good, good. You narrowed it down to 50-50 there, but which one? Oh, they're talking about all 50. Are they, didn't you say this? They got to no. I, out, I said about out of our four states. Before. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, let me go with Michigan then. Uh, yeah, it actually is Michigan. Wow. Yeah. My guess would have been Wisconsin. But Why? anyway, um, I don't know. They just got a they got a lot of public land up there. But I mean, they do. But I've seen a lot of turkeys when we used to go up there snowmobiling. We used to run into. I seen a lot of turkeys in Michigan. So I've seen a lot of turkeys in Wisconsin. But you can't base it off of that, of course, because I rarely see turkeys in Illinois. Seldomly, in fact. And uh, anywho. Uh, their prediction for this year is that the southern half of Indiana is going to get way better than it was last year. They had some sort of problem. I, I didn't dig too deep to find out what that was, but usually the southern half of the state is the producer for turkey. This year it wasn't, but they're expecting it to come back. The other thing I was reading is that uh, you know how they had the cicada hatch in Indiana last year? You know, like most parts of Indiana? Yeah, that was like the eastern half of the U.S. And if you actually look at the line of that hatch, it was just east of us. It was just like Indiana yeah, got something like, like they cut you it know. off at the time zone or something. Remember in 2007, we had ours and, uh, that was huge. So yeah, we're getting it in 24 again, our, our big one. Okay. But, uh, anywho, they say that the cicada hatch actually boosts reproduction numbers. So that's, I don't know. I found that to be cool. But, uh, if you want to go read this article, um, it is, oh man, sorry. I'm scrolled way down. It is outdoorlife.com. <laughs> um, Outdoorlife.com, but they had a really good, like, Illinois' report kind of sucked, but yeah, Wisconsin and Michigan's was actually pretty sweet. So, um, but anyway, those numbers were uh, just over 40,000 for Michigan, 37,000 for Wisconsin. Illinois' was 13,000, like, in some change, and then obviously Indiana was 12,300. Now, I'm interested in turkeys. Don't know if you guys are, but these reports, I read one for. Uh, the deer season, and I think they're fascinating, to be honest with you, because you're thinking, you know, you never think, how many turkeys are out there? Well, this is kind of it. So, yeah, if Indiana's got 130,000, we must have somewhere around 150. I would be interested in turkey if it wasn't wasn't fishing season when it was taking place. Then I'd be a little more interested. I'm not, like, against turkey, but it's just like, do it, would I rather go fishing or would I rather go shoot a bird that I can cut, I can get at at any store. So my thing now is like in the absence of news, I think I'm going to start doing like hunting dates and like trail opening dates and stuff like that. You know? uh, we have something we haven't done and that's called hidden gems. Why don't you start digging into hidden gems? Yeah, but you kind of intimidated me with your first one. Cause I thought you would be like, yeah, you know, there's this, uh, there's this place you go. It's, uh, you put your boat in and yeah, that's about it. But you were like in this misty hills, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? But it, it was good. It was some solid writing. I just don't think I can write like that, but I will try. I will try. Mine will more come off like one day, one year, 
uh, I went there and it was p- cool. You know, like that's how mine's going to come off. Yours came off like you were freaking Stephen King. I'll tell you what, if I can't find anything uh, for Wisconsin next week, I will read the one that I have written for Wisconsin if I can't find some earth-shattering story. So our main conversation, stay tuned, our main conversation is about sulfide mining. We touched base on it a little bit last week, and we're going to get into it. And, uh, yeah, so now we're going to move into the segments. Uh, Bush Light Billy did tell me he's got a segment this week, and hopefully Kelsey will be back. She's been working a ton. So here is Bush Light Billy and Kelsey's Corner. Here is Bush Light Billy's, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to have you back. Because, I, Pat, if you remember last week, I did tell you, he. I think he's out of business. He's off the show. Didn't I? Yeah, but I mean, there's not like formal firing process or what. I don't know if you. Oh, I put a letter in his file. Yeah, I definitely definitely (laughs) heard that during the podcast. So anyway, you brought us chili this week and Bush Light. Okay, so we're doing. So I'm eating this as we're doing a podcast just to see how. I'll let you know on the spot how hot it is. About to be his first bite. Mm. All right, so we're doing uh, kind of a chili cook off tomorrow at work, me and the four other team leads. And uh, so I sent an email to the whole shop and said, look, I know that my chili is by far superior, but I encourage you to definitely try, you know, the other guy's chili. Um, So the boss went out and got us all the ingredients and everything. Obviously, I tweaked it a certain way. So this is my three pepper chili, uh, the way that I do it. Um, I start with ground beef as a base. It's very good. It's spicy. It's got an afterburn to it. It's got an afterburn, but it's not like kill yourself right Mm -hmm. now spicy. Um, I always start out with ground beef as a base, and then I sweat down a couple of onions and some green peppers. Let them kind of like just so they're translucent. Add some garlic. Throw that in with the uh, throw that in with the ground beef. Now this time, Marv actually got us like he got me like a two and a half pound chuck roast. So I was like, how am I going to do this? Uh, a couple of the other guys were going to smoke it and everything. I'm like, ah, I don't want to. I don't want to taste the same. So what I did is I, I cut it. I cubed it into like little stew cubes. Um, Seasoned it real nice, and then uh, just sautéed it, and then threw that in with the chili. Um, about a pound of bacon, some tomato puree. So I don't put like regular tomatoes in my chili. I hate tomatoes. So, so what do you put in there? Tomato puree. So oh, I put okay. a mixture of tomato puree and then tomato sauce, and then I kind of base it off of. Uh, is it too? Is it too thick? Is it too thin? And then I'll add paste or more sauce. To I'm starting to sweat on my forehead. Are you? Can you see it or no? It's like, you know how when it starts heating up? Yeah, you're a little bit red. It's that oh. hot, huh? It's good. No, it's wow. it's an afterburner. It's yeah. It's not. The problem it's, is I'm shoveling this in my face like an unsupervised fat kid right now. It's not. But, yeah, it's not super hot. It's definitely got an afterburn to it. Um, and then I always add beans to my chili. Some people don't like beans, but you know I'm definitely a bean guy. Oh, you got to. I, I thought that was a requirement. Yeah. So. I thought it was something else if it didn't have beans in it. Uh, if, if I made chili, if I like chili, it wouldn't have beans in it. Why? What? The texture is just off no it's not no beans are delicious uh I, you know I'm t- I, get, I get where people i get where you're coming from with the texture i can see that just like i mean like the tomato thing like when you're eating spaghetti and there's like tomato chunks in there sometimes yeah. you're just like mm, that's not spaghetti texture <laughs> oh know? it's fantastic i love that see, I, I don't big... mind it as an adult this is coming from the guy so i just gave him cocoa covered almonds and he won't eat them i'm just not an almond guy you, I know what I mean? you ever have Cocoa covered almonds? No, I can't say that I have. Fantastic. I've had almonds. They're fantastic. I like almonds. I like well, I like nuts. Mm. Just love them. You heard it here, folks. Yep. <laughs> love Just nuts. Nuts for nuts. <laughs> Peanuts, walnuts, D's nuts. So are you back now or what's the scoop? No, I'm definitely back. Sorry, I took a couple of weeks off. It's uh yeah, kind of had some family stuff going on, but um, yeah, I, hear that. I just thought I thought you lost interest, you know. Nope, definitely didn't lose interest. I've still been cooking. I've been back at it. Like yesterday, I actually smoked a whole chicken. Um, we can talk about that if you want. How'd that turn out? Uh, pretty good. I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier. So what I did is I bought like an actual whole chicken, um, put a dry rub on it. Like the one thing that I've learned with smoking chicken is it, it like the the skin can end up being real leathery at the end of it. So what I do is I coat it in olive oil before I put the dry rub on it. Make sure it's nice and dry coming out of the bag. Because Dude, I love cooking chicken with olive oil on it. Oh, absolutely. It's a nice, like, crispy oh. skin. Well, you didn't give it time for the olive oil to soak in. It's like, no, it holds the seasoning and helps it cook. Yeah. That's just... And the skin doesn't dry out and become like leathery and stuff over the, uh, um, over the smoke. I use a mixture of apple and pecan pellets. Um, I always put a lemon inside the carcass of, of the chicken. 
hot sorry <laughs> you're right over there yeah it's like it's like settling in you know it's good yeah it's definitely I an afterburner it, good thing that's all you brought me because uh whew. is that smoke or vape coming out of your ears whew. yeah <laughs> you'll be all right trust me oh i, I know i'll be fine uh I'm trying to think so, so one thing i want to tell you i got a perch today oh did you really yeah at maple lake did you know they were in there i did not neither did i decent size one no no, no. but it was something you know yeah. probably the last one in there though yeah, you caught the world's last perch out of Maple Lake. You know what that chili reminds me of? What's that? Did you ever see that Simpsons episode where Homer thinks he can handle all the chili? And then they, mm. they hand him, remember this one, Pat? Yeah, where they put the pepper on his tongue and he's, yeah! So he, he, they give him some crazy-ass pepper. It looks like it's on fire kind of thing. And as soon as the tip touches the tip of his tongue, it like goes right down his throat like in flames. And yeah. he goes, and he ends up hallucinating talking to a coyote and stuff. I feel like, <laughs> I kind of feel like that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> It's not that hot. Talking to a coyote. I forgot about that. You'll know tomorrow if it's hot or not. Why is that? Oh, I got you. First thing in the morning. I got you. I got you. So is that all you got for us this week? No, that's all I got for you. No? Like I said. You said no. That's no. That's That's a Midwest thing. Once they go, no, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Which is it? No, no. Which is it? No, yeah is no. And yeah, no is yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back. No, absolutely. It's good to be back. Um, Looking forward to some... uh, Cooking some dishes. Yeah, looking forward to doing some uh, different stuff in the future. Anything coming up? Any any teasers or no? No, I don't have anything on the uh, on the schedule just yet. We're going back to overtime this week, so. Bill, I'm going to we'll challenge you to come up with your. You said you're trying to eat healthier, right? Yeah. I'm going to challenge you to come up with your best chicken breast recipe. I don't care how it's cooked, smoked, grilled, whatever. Okay. Oh, you know what? That's what I wanted to tell you. I was sitting here thinking about all that. Yeah. You know what me and Keller are doing just this week? We're just going to do it for a week. What's that? I am doing only meat. And she is doing no meat. What? I am not going to consume anything that's not meat or eggs or cheese this week. But, I mean, what's really? a week going to tell you? Are you guys having, like, a little competition? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get my carbs in order. That's all. Isn't and that I'd, keto? It's uh, it's even less. I mean, I'm talking about the only thing that's going to go into my mouth starting tomorrow is meat. Wow. Your hair is going to be real shiny. Yeah, no kidding. We're just doing it for a week. I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get my uh, triglyceride countdown a little bit and then start over with the carbs. I'll be back eating carbs this time next week. But she goes, you know what? I told her about it. She goes, you know what? I'm going to do no meat this week. And she's going to do a thing on Instagram with it. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll bring you over some meats. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll be just about over. I may have caved. You know, yeah. we know how I had those oatballs that I eat. Those yep. are like my healthy snack. Yeah. I got bags of beef jerky now. Like that's oh, all. Wow. Yeah. So what kind of beef jerky did you get? Uh, I got some teriyaki thing and it's Jack's Tender Links. The links are good. I'm not a teriyaki guy. I don't know. I'm not a teriyaki guy either. Yeah. It was the only one that had tender because I really like. I, I'm just, I'm ready to like just eat beef raw, you know. And yeah. you can't do that really. But uh, so I asked the one guy that's like a jerky guy at work. I said, "You got any like suggestions for real like tenderized, like almost like raw meat?" And he said, "Get the closest is Jack's Tender, yeah. Tender Links or whatever it's called." So the one that I will say that I think is the best beef jerky out there, it's called Think. It's it's pretty expensive stuff, but if you just get one package, they have this Chipotle barbecue one. Holy crap, is that the best? I'll show you what I got upstairs. But yeah, so instead of my snacks are going to consist of meat sticks. I got a dehydrator. I could always try and make jerky. I was going to ask you if you because he thought I was making it when I asked him. He he was giving me ingredients. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to buy the stuff. He goes, well, you buy. Gotta, yeah, you, know? you got to add certain ingredients. This to guy's it. a purist with the smoke and all. He's the guy I was telling you about that does with wood. Yeah, and he adds little bits of wood, and it's all he. It's way different for him. Yeah, you know. Anyway, that's all you got. Someday, I'll leave you alone. I appreciate you coming over. No, yeah, that's all I got for you. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, please take that uh, letter off of my file. Yeah, well, we had faith in you. I didn't. Me and Pat, we'll talk about it. We'll let you know. That's under consideration. You got to run it past the board. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Kelsey's corner. Hello, Kelsey Corner. Hello, Whistle Mission Outdoors. (laughs) Nice try. Nice try. (laughs) I'm not as cool as your intro. So, uh, oh, did you like the intro? I did like the intro. It was okay. good. Yeah, yeah we're, very we're good job. Figured it, it's easier to come up with like a prescribed one. You know, we might add yeah. a few things. I noticed in that intro, we didn't mention anything about shooting or, you know. Yeah. So anyway, Jeez. what do you have for us this week? I figured I would cue your listeners in if they did not see it on Instagram, our challenge for the week. And uh, what was the Instagrams? Kate My Dillon? Instagram is kdillon612. Yours is whistle mission. Outdoors. Yep, and yeah. I'll put the links in the description of this podcast. So, so just in case, I post everything on Instagram. So, like our bathrooms up there. So if people, you know, want to check it out. It's beautiful. It's done. Um, but this week, you are doing a carnivore diet. So you are pretty much eating 
just like meat and eggs. Anything that came from an animal. Yeah, and cheese. You did make me compromise with an apple. Okay, I did, yes. But I mean, I still think you need, you know, like basic fruits and vegetables. Can you fix that dinging? What's that going to take to fix? That's my watch. Let me turn it on silent. There you go. All right. But your phone goes off all the time. It's not right now. That's because you left it upstairs. But anyway, so that is your diet for the week. So when you told me that, I'm like, ugh, that sounds like my arteries getting clogged. And Do you want so, to give a description to the, we just went grocery shopping. Do you want to get, give a quick description of the things I bought? Uh, he bought a thing of steak meat, some turkey sausage, a bunch of cheese, a million I knives. bought a few steaks. I got like. Oh, one was like a big hunk of steak. And then the other one was two big hunks of steak. Two big hunks of steaks. And then some hamburger patties. Yep. Pub burgers, 85%. Um, a bunch of eggs, like hard-boiled eggs already, and then like regular eggs and cheese. Oh, and jerky, like a ton of jerky. Not a ton. Not a ton comes in those bags. I mean, you could finish that off in a bag of jerky in like 15 minutes. Whatever. Still. It was all meat products. So let's so. go over your rabbit food. Okay, so. So I decided well, did you, to do okay, a okay. competition with you, and I said I would do vegetarian for a week. No meat. No meat. So I was vegetarian for actually a couple of years, so it was like, it's not really that big of a compromise for me, but I just thought it would be fun. So... Yeah, this is just about how to get protein in if you don't want to do a carnivore diet. So I will say I am not vegan. So vegan is no animal byproducts whatsoever. Yeah, no thanks. I don't do vegan. I eat cheese. I eat eggs. Um, I think my creamer has some dairy in it. So I, I'm not vegan. I eat honey or I drink honey in my tea. So we are not vegan. Um, no, and we're not even interested in thinking about thinking about it. So yeah, no, I. I don't think we could live. I love eggs. But anyway, so my... red meat. How much out of all my meat, how much white meat did you see? None. None. <laughs> so anyone who doesn't know me, I don't eat red meat anyway. I don't eat pork. I don't eat beef. I haven't for a million years, pretty much my whole life almost. A million. It's been a long time. So I only eat chicken and turkey anyway. So this vegetarian is not that big of a stretch for me. So for those of you who want to think about just adding different protein sources into your day other than meat... I figured I would share some um, healthy tips and tricks. Okay. Are you interested? No, but go ahead. <laughs> so for if you're going to eat vegetables, if you get things like broccoli, like leafy greens, like chard, collard greens, mustard greens, those actually have more protein in them than just say like a romaine lettuce. So try to incorporate those in your foods. Broccoli has a ton of um, protein. Swiss chard is really good for you. It has protein. Collard greens, I hate collard greens. I hate mustard greens. I hate like those kind of greens, but I do eat like Swiss chard and spinach. Um, So you could put those in, I mean, you could put spinach in a smoothie. You could pretty much mix those into anything you're eating, in my opinion. You're eating what my food eats. I just want to let you know. And I'm totally okay with that. I think my picture on Instagram looks prettier than yours, just saying. Um, So some other sneaky sources of protein is like oatmeal, chia seeds, flax seeds, um, I'm big into smoothies, so I put those in, like, all my smoothies. I have, like, a flax powder um, instead of flax seeds because your body doesn't digest them very well. So I get, like, a flax powder, and I put that into my um, smoothies. Wheat germ. I also put wheat germ in a lot of things. Um, It's a sneaky source of protein. Some almonds, like any nut, really. I eat almonds a lot. You just bought those chocolate almonds. Oh, you can't eat those this week. Nope. I'm, I'm very nope. excited. You got this big gonna old go box. A, I'm going to go on a bender on Saturday, though. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, it, that's still part of the week. No, not for me. This is Monday through Friday. So. Oh, I'm going through Sunday. If, if this goes good, I don't know. If this goes good, I might just keep going for a while. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, there's a mental, there's a habit. I got to break of the snacks and the, the okay. you know, we kind of got loose. You snack a lot, though. No, I don't. Cheez-Its? Well, that's like, but I I eat a lot of them one time, so I don't consider it snacking a lot. <laughs> a bag of chips. A half a well, that's one serving. Opal. That's one snack. One bag of chips is one snack because you finish it in one snacks, sitting. Snacks, and then he's like, "When's dinner?" It's like you just ate snacks. How I am. I've I've been hungry. I've been hungry all day. Well, that's because we work out, so we live an active life. Um. So anyway, back to my sneaky sources of protein. Oats Nuts. is the best one you said so far. Oats is really good. You didn't like broccoli? Broccoli is a great source Oh, broccoli is broccoli's good, but if I had to choose, would I rather have overnight oats or broccoli? It's going to be overnight oats tenfold. Anyway, quinoa. Um, quinoa is good. Quinoa is yeah. good with, mixed with turkey. That makes a good mix. Quinoa is like a good substitute for rice because it's like a starch. It's like a carb, 
but it actually has all the proteins that you need in your body. So there's different sources of, or there's different kinds of protein. Um, and quinoa is actually a whole complete source of protein. So you can substitute it out for rice in my opinion, but it's just a little messy. Cauliflower. It's the only problem with it is messy. Yeah. Remember the first time I was, you were working and I wanted to make quinoa? Do you remember how I tried to make it? And you came home and laughed hysterically for about 20 minutes. You put it in a skillet and tried to fry it. I didn't know. <laughs> Did you not read the directions? No, not at all. Quinoa, you, like, ba- I think you this boil is what she, it. I think this is what she does. Yeah, so I got the pan, pan all like hot and I threw it all in there. I'm like, well, this isn't turning out. I come in and he's like crunching quinoa. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and she laughed. She walked around the house like... Could not talk to her for about 20 minutes. She laughed so so hard. Yeah. Anyway, um, beans. So beans is obviously a good source of protein. So pick Um, three. How about that? Pick three. Pick three of my, like what, my go-to sources of protein. Yeah. Um, Broccoli, uh, beans, and oatmeal. Those are my go-to three. I'd agree with that. I had oatmeal for breakfast with a hard-boiled egg that me and Connor split. Um, For lunch, what did I eat for lunch? Oh, I had... Some riced cauliflower, broccoli, and some cheese. And then I had my snack of olives. I'm addicted to olives. And some cheese and a bunch of almonds. And then for dinner, I'm making a vegetarian Greek soup with a uh, Greek salad. I'm making a beef patty with a fried egg on top. I know, but mine's going to look so pretty and be so delicious. So is mine. So but is mine, mine is like more like flavorful. Like I'm adding different colors and textures. And I think that that's just visually more appealing. And so if you visually like take in how beautiful your food looks, you're actually more satisfied than I, eating it. I think a rare steak is beautiful. I really do. I look at it. And especially when you get somebody that, like I'm not a good cook, but when you get somebody that really knows what they're doing, it's one hell of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's one hell of a, especially you cut into it and all the juices come flying out of it or it covers the plate and everything on it, you know? No, uh-uh. Totally disagree. I think like a nice delicious looking salad with some soup. It's going to be so good. Are we going to switch roles next week? I go all plant, you go all meat? No, never. You would never do that? Never, no. Wow, open-minded, no. huh? I don't, I mean, I don't need a lot of meat. Like how often do I really mean. cook a ton? That's no. what I mean. I'm not interested. As he told me upstairs, he's like, I need to eat meat because he's like a wrecking ball. Like, I'm so strong. I'm big, strong man. And I don't have any desire to be like How that. come when you totally mock me, I have a Russian accent? Can I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just comes out. It's yeah. like the embodiment of your voice. A little dog just jumped on me here. Yeah. Well, he's gurned down there too. Um, so yeah, chickpeas are probably my go-to source of bean protein. Um, just because they're so versatile. You can make them into hummus. You could bake them. I bake them and make them like a crispy snack instead of like a chip. Why is that dog barking so much next week though we're gonna do a totally different challenge do you want to wait till next week to talk about it well, um i think we can mention it yeah so we're gonna do we're gonna do kind of an exercise challenge let's say that yes an exercise challenge so and she's gonna see she's always been curious on how and why she comes in second place all the time and next week will wait, be more wait, what a, do i come in second place at just like fitness and activities and things Excuse like me, that who climbed a mountain without complaining so i did i never complained I just you didn't complain up real you bad. just cramped up and yeah. Just, oh yeah okay sorry uh the <laughs> air pressure is different who, who had to keep stopping and huffing and puffing well, it's because we lost like half the year I'm used to and I cramped up, but I made I it. I did fine. I didn't cramp up once. I made it. Oh, okay, here. Let's talk about that mountain. <laughs> That's, you know what? You want to talk about that okay, mountain? Okay, that was heights. Heights are totally- Oh, you know where this is going. If you're going to walk You on. know where this is going. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is my turn now. So you just made fun of me for cramping. So how about we t- make fun of the fact that you were on all fours crawling for like a quarter mile when I'm looking, I'm standing on both feet looking at you like- all right, there's switchbacks, and you had to literally do it's on the side of a mountain. So you literally had to put like one foot in front of the other, and then you look to your left, and it's just like you're dead. And then a couple thousand about feet down, two inches to your right is a mountain, and it's like, yeah, a couple uh, thousand feet up. And so she was on all fours screaming. Yeah, I don't like heights. I was screaming, not screaming, screaming, and crying <laughs> and bawling I, her eyes out. Oh my God, you're so dramatic. <laughs> he's totally kidding. Anyone who knows him, he's no, I'm not kidding about the all fours thing. No, I was on my, I was crawling. Okay, so I, I never, was not about to fall down. I never crawled. I stayed on my legs. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why you didn't cramp up because you crawled halfway. I, that was like, that was literally like one stretch. You're so dramatic. <laughs> anyway, we're just kind of rambling. Anyway, so yeah. those, are, those are your little things for keeping protein yeah, on a veggie just, diet. And do your research if you're going to do it. Just make sure and you it, are getting all of your protein in because otherwise you're just going to be starving so all day long. So the one thing, uh, uh, since you're 
listening to this, the one thing, the only reason why I'm doing a carnivore diet, is it's nothing other than me and Kelly had a couple of bender weekends the last couple of weekends. It's been busy. Yeah. And so we had a lot of time off with some family stuff going on. But me and her are going to get burritos and we're getting sandwiches. And <laughs> it was like so, three days of eating terrible. It was it, yeah, and it was like, and then it was like not much movement going on. Yeah. And, but anyway, so uh, I just had I had this carb overload, not good carb either, and the glycogen levels are just like at an all time high. So I'm just kind of resetting my body to where it was before those couple of weekends, like the holidays, and like we had a pretty good thing. Like I can yeah. get on a treadmill, run a couple of miles, and tell you, yeah, I'm out of carbs. Or I can run and be like, wow, I had a lot of carbs in me yesterday. And so th- I'm only doing this as a reset. That's the only reason. I'm so very supportive of uh, a mixed diet of plants and animals. Uh, there's a lot of strong, like there's a lot of strong dudes out there that did it all vegan. Yeah. So it's possible. It is possible. And I just I mean, like talking. I just like talking crap with her, just because that's what we do. And it's funny because he actually eats like mostly healthy too. So I'm still eating healthy. It's just all animal. Oh, I know. But you'd usually like if I make something that's vegetarian, like you would eat it. Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely. I just think it's funny that you're doing this. I'm just doing this just to get rid of any excess carbs, and that's and I'm it. just doing it just. Just because <laughs> you're doing it, just because you thought it'd be cool to challenge me on something. Yeah, well, we said is. who would feel better at the end of the week, him on his all meat diet or me on my all plant diet. So I will say I'm doing carbs still. You're not doing like carbs. I'm still doing like I have non for my. I'm doing rice, non for my Greek stuff. I'm doing uh, quesadillas. So I am doing carbs still, but all plants. By the time they hear this podcast, it's almost over anyway. That's so. true too. So yeah, we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, we'll uh, tune in next week, and I guess we'll go into our next challenge because me and Kyle yeah. are going to keep challenging. It but I like the, the I like going. the nutrition things. The other because like you know we have smoking billies or bush like billies, and uh, you know with all the meat, so it's kind of nice when you come up with these little nutrition things that bring it off to the side. So. Yeah, and health and if fitness I may, is if, important to me. If I can so. make a suggestion of uh, a, 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 a segment for you. And that would be to go over a multivitamin, a daily multivitamin, oh, okay. and talk about what's important in it. All right. I do like my vitamins. Pick your top 10 ingredients in a multivitamin that's important. All right. I do like my vitamins, so right. I will. So that's it? That's it. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So that was Bush Like Billy and Kelsey's Corner. Thanks, guys, for doing that. And today we're going to talk about sulfide mining. So it sounds like you spearheaded this. I, you know, usually I'm the one that's kind of leading the conversation, but I think you took over this time. I just did some research. I didn't necessarily spearhead it, but Tell I wanted you what, to keep I, my guns so loaded. This this came up because of the Boundary Waters. I know it's out the outside the Whistle Mission area, but we it, it pertains because we have things inside the Whistle Mission area that wants to do this. Let me start off with a definition of what sulfide mining is, and. I'm going to tell you right now, the definition doesn't exactly give you what they're doing, but here, the, this is from uh, Mining Action Group. This is a, their definition of a practice of extracting metals such as nickel, gold, and copper from sulfide-rich ore body. It is bonded to the sulfur in the rock. So the main problem with sulfide mining is that it produces a lot of chemicals when they go to refine it. Now, you, what chemical, though? This is a pretty serious one. Sulfuric acid. Sulfuric acid. And most of you guys would know that as battery acid. And, I mean, we work in that field where we're messing with battery acid. That's something where you get the gloves on and you don't put your head anywhere near it. You don't want to breathe those fumes. But think about this. I mean, in the terms of the boundary waters, because that's what I did my research on. But it is it is a large mass of water that kind of flows in and out of each other. And they want to do – they have small mines on, like, the far east, the far west, and, like – sprinkled along in the middle uh, that they want to do. And it's it's such a huge issue because we, we are literally, in my opinion, we are selling our soul for a very inefficient process of mining of, you know, what, what nickel and silver well, or nickel and copper. All my, all my research, I'm not going to name all my sources because I did a lot of clicking around and there's a lot of these links that you'd accidentally download a PDF. But here's two things I wanted to bring up with that point. Uh, I got a list of stuff here, but nothing in order. So there has never been a mine this is probably from i think this came off the friends of the boundary waters canoe area website there has never been a sulfide mine that has not polluted a nearby water sources and then on top of that majority of these types of mines are in the southwest with little rain and groundwater so most of these that take place it's like oh we haven't had any pollution well you're not in an area with groundwater once you get north, uh, like on the northern half, at least, uh, of the U.S., we have groundwater within probably, what would you say? What would, I mean, what would be deep, you know? I'd say average 25 feet. If you were to dig down, you'd find water. And these mines are hundreds of feet deep. Now, if you were to tell me that, you know, if somebody says, well, what are the pros and the cons? 
I can't figure out one pro, man. I can't – like, is it going to make the price of copper cheaper? Because I doubt it. So there's – you know, I'm going to get into that later. I have my own theory on why this is becoming a big thing. And this is just mine. I did not read this anywhere. It's just me plugging in the rest of the world. Um, but the one thing I do want to get into is the one thing that comes up when the sulfuric acid is created. So the f- sulfuric acid comes from when you expose that ba- – the, the rock you're not going to use. And the sulfur uh, – Sulfide is like, I think it's sulfide ore or whatever it would be, is exposed to air and water. It turns into sulfuric acid, as we said a million times. And the damages are so very expensive and last so long that, and it's the taxpayers, every time they've had an accident, it, it goes to the government and it actually costs the taxpayers. But here is acid mine drainage poisons water. So when this, from the point the sulfur hits the water, do you have any idea how long it can – the shortest time to the longest time of the years it can last in the water? Did you run across I anything actually, like that? I actually – I never got a figure on – So if it's quick, if it's quick, it's 2,500 years. 2,500 years. So you're, t- you're going back to BC times would be the quickest if they s- expose sulfuric acid to water. You're talking uh, – what would that be? Uh, we're in 20 – so you're talking 400 years before the birth of Jesus. All right? And then – if it does take a little bit longer, and it's just a little bit longer, it's 10,000 years. So you're talking when people first started coming over to North America, and we call them the indigenous people, that if you if they exposed sulfur, I'm sorry, if they exposed uh, oh, sulfuric acid to the water, and that same day that they floated over here across the Bering Strait, whichever side you go with, we would now just start seeing the end of that sulfuric acid in the water. Now. That's horrible. This is this is so discouraging. Um, Ten thousand years was the end of the last ice age, really. Uh, the la- our, for our area, that was when the ice age just about ended. Things started opening up. That's what created the driftless region. And but that was ten thousand years ago. So if you put sulfuric acid in the water, we would now just be getting over it. This is just this is insanity. I, I feel like it it benefits very few people to mine it. Very few, if if not anyone, to mine it. And it affects everyone who goes up there. It, it, it'll break down that, that, that economy. Uh, well, so the, the boundary waters, uh, we haven't been there. I've always wanted to go there. We used to go to Minnesota all the time. Uh, we were talking about taking a trip there. Um, but it is such a unique piece of ground because it is like a Canadian glacial area that is set aside. You can't even run a boat with a motor on there. It's for canoes. It's for camping. It's for some of the most pristine fishing areas in the world. And what do they want to do? They want to bomb a hole right next to it. And everything we're telling you right now is going to end up, it's not maybe, it's not if they have a safe practice. The thing is, is you just cannot control the fact that groundwater runs through this and it's going to collect that sulfuric acid and dump it right into the surrounding waters. And we're just worried about boundary waters. Boundary waters is just how close this thing's going. Not to mention everything south. All the water flows south. So this could start harming, uh, you know, this this could start harming anything south of uh, the boundary waters, which is the rest of America. So what about... uh Superior is pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah, very. And oh, if this Ontario? gets out of Lake Superior, I thought I had a note on that. Ontario, just north of that, right? Um, or is that Superior as well? Kind of forget. Isn't that Manitoba out there? I thought Ontario is over north of like Ohio. I thought oh, it was where Ontario yeah, I'm is. Just, I'm just mixing my lakes up here. Oh, you're talking about water. I think you're talking about provinces. No. Um, no, that's still that's that's over Huron, maybe. No, uh, hold up. That's all over by New York and all that. No, the the, the two that are close by is uh, Michigan Superior and Michigan. But Michigan flows south, man. There's a current in that lake, and it heads south. But all it takes is, I mean, let's say a, a, a conservative 1,000 gallons of this stuff, all right? And 1,000 gallons sounds like a lot if you had it. But realistically, what would 1,000 gallons of sulfuric acid and perfectly clean flowing water do to the rest of the ecosystem throughout everything that we know and love? It could, it could really spread to more than just the boundary waters. The boundary waters were – I'm glad if anywhere it's happening there because it's going to get the most attention because it is a protected zone. So well, the mining companies are going to come out with all of these nice flashy terms that make it sound like they're making tennis balls when really they're making AMD, which is acid mine drainage. You're going to be hearing that a lot if you look at A ton. I read, yeah, and I read, that, I read that term a ton. You're going to hear a lot about it. So if you see AMD – which is a nice, polite way of putting it. You can say the real term that is acid mine drainage. Now, you know what the one thing that rubs me the worst way about all of this? What's that? So I'm, I'm not a Trumpy, right? I'm not somebody that's standing out there with a red hat. But he blew through 
a 2016, uh, I, I forget what they called it, but there was an action that happened in 2016 that would permanently protect the boundary waters. He blew right through that. Um, that, that happened way more than just the boundary waters. So this goes back, if you, man, I wish you'd read that one book I told you about, That Wild Country by Mark Kenyon. Uh, he goes through this. Uh, there was a whole thing through the 80s and all that. But for some reason, uh, and, you know, being a conservative and all, it, it hurts to say, but when they're in the office, all this environmental land stuff goes right out the window. They want to see everything privately owned. They want to see it profitable. They want to see it all used for something. And so Reagan did it. They all did it. Yeah. They all did it. They, they, but that's the agenda that they promised their voters, that they're not going to worry about stuff that the, the Democrats want to push. But why does it have to destroy something so magnificent? Because, I've mo- been, because it's money. That's what it is. It all comes down to how much money they're going to make. But it's an insanely inefficient process. It really is. Oh, it's it's wasteful. It's wa- And it, like I just told you that all the after effects are going to last at a modest 2,500 years to a little bit more 10,000 years. Those are huge numbers that are irreversible. And the chances are you will lose your family uh, lineage in that time, even if the world lasts that long. Chances are that somebody's going to find out that your great, 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 great grandpa had a podcast called Whistle Mission Outdoors, and you'll be long dead and long gone, and they won't even know. I mean, think about it. Can you can you go back 2,500 years to find no. family? 2,500 years. Absolutely not. Absolutely. It, it'll, be, it'll be so watered down by then. Then, And that's the modest one. That's the easy one. If things aren't as bad as we say, it'll be 2,500 years. So, and this isn't the only place. So we, we keep talking about boundary waters. But there's another one. In fact, when the podcast first started, I did an article on it. You may remember. But it's up by the Monotony River. I forget all the towns. I haven't read that article in a while. But this is happening in Wisconsin, too. They want to do something very similar to this, if not the exact same. But the sulfide mine is just, you're literally melting rock to get minerals. And not that many of them. So the reason why they have to do this, too, is because there's so many minerals, but they're all scattered. Oh, we got this big chunk of rock. And if we can just get rid of the rock, we'll have a little bit of nickel. We'll have a little bit of copper, a little bit of gold. But first, we got to melt this rock down to nothing. I think they call it flotation with cyanide. Isn't that how they get the rock out of there? Have you read that? Using- I, I have not actually looked up on the actual ride, like mining process. It's hard I to actually look that. up the actual mining process. You're using Google, and it's all the people against sulfide mining. And they just kind of go into the, it's bad for the environment. But I'm, I, like, I want to know, how is this done? What do they do? From what I can tell, it, they use cyanide to float the metals out. And that is when you, after you float it out and you disturb the sulfur, sulfur... Sulfide ore is, after you expose that to the elements, that's when it starts turning into the acid. Um, but it sounds like cyanide is used to float the metals up. But here's the thing. Is there's no huge deposit of those, those. They got trace elements of it. So there's a little bit. So we put this stuff down and we get a little bit. We put a little bit more down, we get a little bit more. It's not like we're digging a hole and just like ripping out this copper that's down there. It's pretty much, oh, if you take a look at this rock, see there's a little copper there and there's a little more over here. So we got to waste this entire chunk here to get these two little itty bitty pieces that is good for us in the long run. We could charge huge amounts for us since it's so light. It's, it's just such an inefficient process is what it sounds like. And to get personal profit, I can't believe the mining company could morally do this. You know, for personal profit, obviously the, the government gets them, you know, out of the deal, but it, it's just too much of a loss. Oh, it's, we're getting into my theory. After we cover like what it is, we're going to get into my theory on what it is. So I, I know you know we were going back to um, talking about uh, you know not just the Boundary Waters, but uh, the Boundary Waters is a wilderness, a wilderness area. It's not technically like a state park, right? But it is. No, but it's, I think it's national, isn't it? No, it's definitely like nationally owned land. Yeah. That that's why they can sell these contracts off to mine and all that. Oh yeah, stuff. definitely. But um, <clears throat> it is the most visited wilderness area in the country. Now, you would think, wouldn't it, Yellowstone be? No, but that's not that's a wilderness a state area. Park. Yeah. But I thought, I thought it was the most visited, or no, maybe it's the biggest east of the Mississippi, but the most visited in the country. Maybe that's what I read. And the, the one problem is you say, well, it's huge. Why can't you give 5% of the boundary waters? It doesn't work like that. They all flow together. Yeah, it's a... It, it just it, the whole thing's got to stay together. Otherwise, you're you're just going to leach off. Um, and then, so the one thing I want to go into, like we said with the oil companies, uh, you know how they're always like, "Oh well, it's good for the economy." You know how they always like to throw that one in there. The one thing they were saying is sulfide mine employees are at serious health risk because of all the things that are in the air and they're working. You could put a face mask on. You need a serious respirator to not die from working in a sulfide mine. According to everything I read, it's a very unhealthy place to work. 
Um, and then one other little, I actually got a couple more little points, but current laws, man, I wrote that terrible. Current laws do not re- require a comprehensive long range examination of p- potential effects on health. They do require short term. That's why I thought that was interesting, but any long term, they don't look, they don't look a hundred years, 50 years, whatever, whatever they want to concern long term. Um, pretty much they say, well, what are you worried about it? Uh, you're not going to have to deal with this when it goes bad. Cause, uh, like I know the one in Bristol Bay, cause, uh, that's in Alaska. The one that they were talking about in Bristol Bay, they're like, that's a hundred year project, possibly 200 year project. The, the pebble one. Yeah. Pebble mine. And that's also a sulfide thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just insane. Um, but if you listen to mining companies, they pretty much say, well, what are you worried about it for? You're not going to be alive for that. And it's like, yeah, well, that's the point. I'm here in the beginning stages. So maybe the guy in the middle doesn't have a whole lot to say, but when you're in the beginning stages, you have it, you have the time to talk, you have the time to stop it and possibly, you know, maybe leave it alone. Future generations will have better technology for separating that. Maybe the byproduct can be water if we wait a few more years. Who knows? Probably not, but who knows? Um, I think we can sacrifice <clears throat> some precious metals and some cell phones, some crap like that. Oh, for uh, I got one places. I got one more little uh, point to make here that I read that I thought was inter- interesting. Um, but then we're going to get into, I want to see what you think of my theory. So the one other thing Minnesota said is, so the mining companies go, look, we're going to contain all this. It's not going to get in there. And I mean, you can't trust them, but let's say they were being hundred percent honest and they have a way, but Minnesota said unfor- unforeseen heavy rains in the North can cause major pollution events. And they use the example of in 2012, Minnesota got 10 inches of rain in 24 hours. So everything was flooded out. Everything flowed together. All the lakes turned into one. All the rivers turned into one and everything. So you'd fill this mine up and just pollute it no matter what you do. And then sulfuric acid is so erosive. What could you do? What could you do to contain it? You know what I mean? Like there are, they make special tubs to contain sulfuric acid and they're plastic. You know what I mean? What are we going to get to? Get miles and miles of 2,500 deep runs of plastic? No. It's just going to be a mess. It's just, it is so, well, wasn't that cold? That was cold, wasn't it? No, my throat was drying. So, but uh, I want to get into my little theory just to hear what you have to say, all right? And why they're pushing for these things so hard now. And I know this, some of this goes back before the pandemic. And... But now it's all of a sudden an issue, and it's coming up in a lot of places. And here's here's my little theory, and, and this is just from paying attention to the news. They realized um, that we rely on China for and like all overseas for our precious metals to make these chips. You heard of the chip shortage? You can't get a car because you can't get chips. You can't get phones because you can't get chips. So all of a sudden, this, our country's like, well, we got to become independent of that. We need our own chip plants. Well, you also need chip materials, guys. I don't care if you have people that put them together. So what I'm wondering, are they pushing this now because we don't have a good deposit? The good deposits for this stuff is in China. They were just blessed, just like we're blessed with Alaska in oil. You know, we're sitting on a big oil field there. So what I'm wondering is, are they, is the government pushing this because we need to be able to build our own chips? They're building the plants. They got them going in Texas, and there's another one somewhere, these major chip plants. And... They're so they're building these, but they need the material. They need the material. So now, now we're going to start digging up the earth so that we can have more cell phones. We're going to start ruining places like this because we need cell phones. This is just my theory. I did not. This is just me. No, that's actually a really good theory. This is me putting all the different news articles I read all week into one like big picture type deal. But why can't we look at it like this? Okay, those reserves are there for a life and death. I don't know about you, but I don't need chips. Well. We do. You drove here in a car that required them. Right. But you went to a gas pump that had them. You used your cell phone. You used your computer to look up the news articles we said. We do need them. So why can't we just recycle more? Exactly. We, I mean, it's more of a recycle. So maybe we should start melting phones instead of rock. So why can't we go through old junkyards and find all the wasted metal that's in those? Well, the one thing about metals these days is the more we've recycled over the years, the more impure it is. To get pure steel... Actually, like tool grade steel is very expensive because it's been all these alloys have been melted back together and creating different steels and different grades of steels. So my theory is that this has to do with us wanting to be a chip manufacturer company instead of relying overseas. That I mean, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's obvious. Copper's in, in very high demand, and we don't want to be relying on other well, countries that can just cut us off. It's copper, nickel. I mean, I think platinum's part of it. Um, is it platinum? Is it platinum? I think I only read copper and nickel. There were some precious metals, though, I thought. Maybe that's all it was. But anyway, they're all needed for chip making. And, yeah. But we got to go about it in such a way that they can't they can't come up with a different process. You know what I mean? They, there's just no way to come up with a different process to do this. I want to know um, why here, why now is my biggest concern. Why here, why now? This isn't, we're not on the brink of a epi, uh, global epidemic that this is going to save the day. And so I just like, all of a sudden, why out of all the places you guys could dig the ground up, you choose the boundary waters, you choose Northern Wisconsin, like go to these, what about the desert? There's nothing out there or how does this work? You know, why here, why now? Just got to go around it. I, I believe, and I, I think I started reading that book that you were talking about, but I had- Oh, no, yeah, I gave it to you in a tree stand, remember? Yeah, yeah, the, the first day I read it, but uh, I read like the first 40 pages or something like that, but um, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around how we, you know, there's a lot of public land out there, right? And if you were to say, well, we're going to get rid of 50% of it, that's still, we've already lost there's, so much. There's 640 million acres of public land in this country, 640 million so when you say, oh, I'll give up half, well, here we go. What are we down to? 320 million. Here's a great example. Illinois, right? Even the public land that exists right now, like the, one of the places that we like to hunt this year was an old nuclear nuclear plant. Yeah. Well, right? and you're talking about adding onto it, you know? Oh, no, no. Okay. Two different spots. Two different spots. And it's not natural. You're walking through it and you can see like old roadways and like old... Uh, like there's barriers like, that they made out of rocks and shit, you know. Or, yeah, there's like a random fence posts with old barbed wire on it, and, and it's, it's like just, clearly this has been developed once. But there's no, at least in Illinois, there's no land that's just been that way forever. You know, it's just it's it's sad. So why do we need to keep robbing the? Well, that's just like that uh, that Rockford Airport thing I brought up. That the ground you're looking at to the naked eye is oh, it's just nothing. Well, that's glacier that that was left here. That's a remnant of a glacier that has not been touched yet. And, but they want to rip it up. Let's send a bulldozer through it. Let's fill it with dirt, you know, they, but the people don't care. That's the thing. But with the sulfide mining, this is becoming an issue in the North. It's coming a major issue. And if people don't think that, oh, the other thing I read was that it's so close to the Great Lakes and the Great Play, Great Lakes is, uh, how did they word? I forget the percentage. It was a huge percentage of Earth's freshwater source. Yeah. Huge percentage of it. We have no idea when you grew up in this area, we all know, ah, you know, the Great Lakes. But if you came from a different area or you moved to a different area, you might have some adjustment period knowing that Lake Michigan's not right there. Lake Superior is just north of us. And they say the Boundary Waters is some of the cleanest uh, cleanest water in the country, possibly in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no exhaust in it. Um, I mean, it's a true wilderness area. You have, to, you have to paddle your way through. You have to camp. There's a lot of things that go with it. It's beautiful. And, in fact, if you do, if this inspires you to uh, – want to sign up and help out their the friends uh ah, man what was it, it it's the boundary waters canoe area they have a, a team like a whole uh thing set up so you can go sign up uh and send a a thing your local uh representative sorry i'm having a hard time I'm trying to read and talk at the same time i mean i'm not saying like you know this podcast can save the world or nothing like that but the more people that talk about it the better and this is just this is just such a huge issue. I can't believe it. So friends of friends-bwca.org is where I got a lot of this information. The other one I forgot to tell you is the Sierra Club um, is where I got a lot of information too. Now, there are also plenty of articles for you to go bog yourself down in like all of like the um, like red tape and legislation, all the stuff that they've done in the past to try and save this. But this fight is going to be a forever ongoing fight. It really is. It really is. You will once once this hole is dug and the top layers have been removed. It is now in your ecosystem for uh, ever. I'm, I'm you saying will not, even if they saved it tomorrow, this issue would come up in ten years. It might come up, but at least at least people are informed. Hey, I know what that is. I know what that can do, and you have time to stop it before it is too late. Because and twenty five hundred years is a long time, and that's if not that much gets it released. That's if it, you know, immodest is 2,500 years. Your kids would never know a world without sulfide in its waters. 
uh, or sulfuric acid in its waters. Remember when we were kids, I don't know, maybe you don't remember it, but uh, through the 90s, acid rain was a thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It will be back. When you start opening holes like this, acid rain will be a topic of conversation again. And especially because, like, I know we're talking about, you know, just the one. But when they want to do this, they want to do this in a lot of spots. There's a lot of spots across our area that that this is a conversation. The the reason why this one's big is because the wilderness area. But when you start opening this rock and you start releasing sulfuric acid into the atmosphere, we will have problems. There, There are going to be problems for the rest of our lives starting as soon as they dig this hole. And we encourage you to go check this out. Go go look up, you know, go Google some stuff or DuckDuckGo or whatever you use. Go do this. Go dive into it. Figure out how you can help. I'm I'm surely going to. I only, I only dipped my toe in over the last week researching this, but I signed a, I signed that one. I'm happy I did. Um, I, I encourage everybody else. And, can you throw uh, a link on that on our website? Yeah, yeah. Let me figure out a spot to put it, and then uh, yeah, it'll at least be in that. You know what? It'll at least be in our news segment this like, week. Yeah, like the shows note, the show notes. Um, but a couple things to take care of some business. Uh, remember, if you want a free fly, go do that. If you want to go to the Muskie tournament, this is all on the website. Go check it out. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you could be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Sorry if you hear the dogs. Uh, they're all excited that Uncle Bushlight Billy is Bushlight here. Bushlight Billy is back. We're going to actually record a segment right now. And thanks for listening. And anything else, Pat? You want to close it up? Yeah. I've, thanks for listening and get involved. And I, I, real quick, I'm not somebody who's like a Susie Snowflake, got to save the world and everything's bad. But this, this is really bad. This is bad and it's going to be worse. Um, and your ch- children, children's children, all that stuff. They will have to live with this happening, and you are not going to see any of the profits. You have no skin in the game, so stop it. And every side of the fence politically is at fault. Every side of the fence. There are some that save it more than others, but there is no perfect party. And no matter what you do, you still got to fight on the outside. It doesn't come down to a vote. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah.